Welcome, Mavs fans, to the second installment of the Pony Up Mavs podcast. I am Ryan Harding. You can find me on Twitter at Dallas underscore MFFL. And with me today, I have, uh, as always, Josh. Josh, would you like to, to say hi to the people? Hey, what's going on? All right. So it's been a week since we've been on the podcast and boy has a lot of things changed over the landscape of just the Maverick season and the NBA overall. Um, It was definitely it was we just missed the news last week uh, with Kobe Bryant's passing. Um, Obviously, super unfortunate. And a lot of a lot of tributes have happened over the week, um, and it still seems super raw for a lot of people. Um, what are your thoughts on on uh, on the news that broke late last week, Josh? Man, it's Ryan. It's still really hard to believe, honestly. Uh, it's something I still haven't really come to terms with, um, and it. I think it's all because. You know, there was so much going on with Kobe at the time. You know, LeBron had just passed him, um, you know, the night before. And there was so much going on about, you know, his retirement, how he was handling retirement and um, working with his daughter in basketball. And I mean, just there was so much going on in kind of the world of Kobe that, you know, even if you weren't a fan of Kobe as a player, I think people were starting to like him as a dad and just kind of a voice in basketball overall so uh, I mean like I said it, it it still doesn't feel real it didn't feel real when it happened um, I know that you know TMZ is usually a pretty reputable source but even when they came out and said you know then said the news it was I was like there's no way like it's just you know there's so much it's almost like a hoax like that's the way I felt um, there was just so much going on like I said, in the world of Kobe, that just him passing, it did it, it was just so untimely. Not that obviously anybody passing is untimely. You don't want it to happen, but it just seemed like, I don't know, it, it just hit at the, at the most inopportune time. I mean, it, 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 it was really, really sad. I mean, just thinking about it still kind of, you know, gets to me a little bit, but it, it's definitely unfortunate. Yeah. I had, I had the same like shock value, like right like initial response um and as the details came out it became more and more upsetting and it's i started to kind of think after this whole week i've had time to reflect on some of the things that like some of the other notable deaths in the community uh of over recent years like yeah it you notice like people die every day but this is something that was just it was just different um and so i started thinking about the princes and the michael jacksons because those are um probably some of the most notable uh deaths that have happened in recent memory and it's just something about an athlete who you know was at his top physical form when he was playing and then it stands to reason that even after his playing days were over he was still living a very healthy lifestyle he was spending time with his family i'm sure he if he really wanted to he could still play in the nba um as even after he retired you know um and so but knowing that these other famous um celebrities they had there were some questions about kind of the the parameters of their death whether it was drugs or whatever happened but you know kobe it was just 
a mo- just an unforeseen accident, and that is the hardest thing to grasp. I think um, just how accidental in nature it was. Uh, I think it's it's obviously super heartbreaking, and it's affected a lot of people. Um, yeah. And I think that what was your favorite tribute? Um, there were probably five or six different types of um, of uh, ways that the NBA tried to kind of acknowledge his passing over this past week. Did any of them stick out in your mind? Um, yeah, a couple of them did. Uh, I really, obviously, being a Mavs fan um, and seeing how it affected Luca, and, and and even though it was a couple of days after um, the fact, you know, the way that. Um, Dallas and Oklahoma City in that game honored him um, by just taking, you know, just something as simple as taking that um, shot clock violation. Um, and Luca, you know, he wrote the names of all the uh, um, the people that passed away on his shoes. And, and, and seeing him, um, I guess that was kind of important to me um, because you see your, you know, obviously Luca's my favorite player in the league right now. So seeing, um, your favorite player honors somebody so great that we grew up watching was really was was you know I you know I enjoyed seeing him take initiative to do that. Um, another thing was LeBron's speech uh, Friday night. Um, I thought that was a really really good speech and and well said by LeBron. So those were two things that stood out to me the most. Yeah, I second that those two uh, particular sentiments as well. And then I think one that kind of I thought was different than a lot of the other ones uh, was Andrew Wiggins placing the ball uh, um, around the free throw line uh, in his game. I thought that was pretty uh, noteworthy as well um, because there was obviously some uh, sentimental value with Kobe reaching a major major milestone at that particular location. So um, I think overall – it was it was hard, but I think the NBA dealt with it the best way they could. So, right. um, so beyond that, uh, moving on to more Mavericks related talk. Do you remember uh, last week when we made predictions about how the <laughs> yeah. Mavericks week we could go? Do you remember yeah, what we, you said? We we were four zero. That's what how, that's how we were going to finish the the week. Is we were going to win all four games. Right. And, yeah. Uh, that did not come to fruition, unfortunately. Yeah, so on Monday, January 27th, the Mavericks started off. I know that um, you said that those first two games of the four game, or the the Thunder game and the Rockets game would really kind of shape how this four-game stretch within the week would uh, unfold for the Mavericks. And they started off on the right foot, a 107-97 to win um, on Monday. It was definitely uh, a... A very difficult game because of how uh, close it was to the Kobe Bryant tra- tragedy. Um, the Mavericks were able to take care of business of with the Thunder, uh, minus Chris Paul. Um, anything uh, that you that caught your eye during that game? Uh, I mean, you, like you said, you kind of nailed on it. It was a that it was just an emotional game for both sides. You could tell. Obviously, Chris Paul didn't play for personal reasons and. You know, we, we know exactly why he didn't play. Um, and, you know, it, it's just like, man, I don't know about you. Um, I, I I watched the game, but I just wasn't really in the mood to watch basketball that, that night. Um, I was, you know, that was, I think, two days after. And it just, like, 
it, it did cheer me up a little bit seeing the Mavericks win and 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 play play fairly well in that game. But uh, I just wasn't really in the mood for basketball this week. I mean, just to be frank with you, um, it just uh, yeah, I just I didn't like I said I, I watched the game. I did. I usually kind of like take notes on games and stuff like that and and write down um important things that happened or whatever the case may be but in this game it just kind of like i just kind of sat on my couch and watched and um didn't really analyze much i just kind of enjoyed the game if that makes sense yeah i was much more of a passive observer uh i was glad that the the mavericks were able to squeak out that win and uh it was everyone had other things on their mind uh and so i'm glad that they were able to to take care of business with that. Um, we had taken a look at the box score. Luca did pretty well, 29 points, 11 rebounds and five assists, uh, that it seemed like a quality win. Um, I think that they really, I was impressed with how they played on the defensive end, but beyond that, um, I, they held the, uh, the thunder who is a pretty, pretty good offensive team to 97 points. But beyond that, my analysis kind of just stops because, um, it was, I had already just kind of thought about basketball all day the last couple 24 hours prior to that game. And it was just kind of being a passive observer and enjoying the Mavericks and, uh, not really analyzing it too deeply. Um, then, so I know you had some pretty hard or some pretty intense feelings about how the Mavericks <laughs> laid a dud against the Suns on, uh, Tuesday, they ended up losing 103 to 104 uh a, i mean you've had time to process it does that win or does that loss sting any less or is it still kind of still pretty fresh for you uh it still feels pretty fresh ryan um so that was a game that i thought we for sure were gonna win and here's the th- we should have known the games that we <laughs> the games that we always feel that way about when talking about the Mavericks are the games that we need to be the most cautious of. Um, and then, you know, we beat the Suns earlier in the season pretty handily. And I don't know. We, we came out and just looked flat the entire game. Uh, you know, we I think we had like four tur- turnovers in the first like two minutes of the game. It was just, it was hard to watch, man. I, I haven't seen us play that bad. Um, in a very very long time I don't even think we played that bad last year in any game like I can't I can't remember a game where I was just so frustrated um, at seeing how we played and obviously the Suns played really well too they shot really well it seemed like every single shot that Devin Booker or Kelly Oubre shot was going in and I remember thinking okay they're gonna have to cool off at some point you know second half they'll cool off and Devin Booker not only did he not cool off he actually heated up a little bit more in the third so man it was just they they were firing on all cylinders and we were just we were ice cold, couldn't get anything going and I think that's one of those games that you probably should forget about, um, you know. But it, it still kind of lingers in the back of my mind. If we got to win those types of games, we got to figure out a way to come back. I think JJ Barea came in and provided a spark and got us within five points. Uh, it was five point game at halftime. At that point, I, you know, I started thinking, okay, well. Here we go. We're getting it going. We'll be able to come out in the third quarter. We're a strong third quarter team. Um, obviously, that did not happen, and they kind of pulled away again. And it, it was it was never really close, other than that five you know that five point lead. It, 
you know, we had that, but other than that, there was nothing really to look forward to. Yeah, I wrote a couple notes down. You did mention, I remember a couple years ago, the Mavericks were a dread, like a dreadfully awful third quarter team. It was actually like comical how bad and how predictable it was that they would come out of halftime. And I think that was the OJ Mayo um, led Mavericks. It was just like a, a complete joke how bad they were at halftime or after halftime. And this time, I think this these last couple seasons, they've They've been nowhere near that, and I've been very pleased with it. But this particular game, they gave up a cool 48 points in the third quarter to the Phoenix Suns <laughs> um, on the NBA uh, on the NBA app, the lead tracker. I'd never, I've never seen anything like it. It looks like it's all orange in favor of the Phoenix Suns. The Mavericks didn't lead at all the entire game. Uh, the closest they did get in that from the second quarter on was that five points at halftime, and it grew to almost. It grew to 39 points. It's like taking a look at that graph. It is some kind of like Mount Rushmore. It is a huge <laughs> spike there. Um, and you were right. They shot lights out. It was um, they shot almost 60 percent from the field. That's just a game where you just have to give it to the other team that um, <laughs> you can't do much about it because uh, it they were just unconscious and it seems like to me when I keep an eye on the teams like the Phoenix Suns or even sometimes like the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference it seems like it's every other game with them and that one game they're having the game of their career the next night they they can't they couldn't hit the red side of a barn it's it seemed like the Mavericks were were done from the get-go it was the second night of a back-to-back so I say we go ahead and just throw that one out there um, but it does kind of add to the list of tough home losses that the Mavericks have to suffered this season. And another thing worth noting on that game is Luca's, Luca, I believe, was the only starter to score double-digit points. Um, Hardaway had nine, I think. Uh, Dwayne Finney-Smith with three. Porzingis had nine, and Curry had four. Um, so when your starters, when none of your starters besides Luca can score in double digits, it's kind of I mean, you kind of if you look at the box box score, you kind of find out why why they lost. I mean, there was just a lack of production all the way around. Right, like the Mavericks really need Luca to obviously score, but then his assist numbers when they're getting up to the eight, nine, even ten and above, you know that the Mavericks are clicking on all cylinders because Luca's going to distribute, and all this is a matter of making the shots that he's setting his teammates up with. So when the man leaves a game with only uh, two assists, you know it was a, a tough night overall for for him and his teammates, and the the Suns just weather or ended up getting the perfect storm where the Mavericks couldn't seem to hit a shot and they couldn't miss. So we'll go ahead and close the book on that Phoenix Suns game. (laughs) And hopefully uh, the next time they, they come to town, we'll be ready for it. Um, Then, so the Mavericks had two sets of back-to-backs this week. It will, that doesn't seem super awesome. I mean, it's, I think that the effects of back-to-backs, I think, cannot be understated. I think it's super difficult to play in one city one night and be expected to play in another city the next night. It's, I think it's super difficult to play. So hopefully, the, I'm not sure how many more they have, but I hope they're, they don't have too many left. Uh, so then the third game that happened last week was at the Rockets on uh, January 31st. It was a, it was tough because at that point um, we had in between the Suns and Rockets game we had 
probably all had that uh, that sinking feeling in our uh, stomachs when we heard that Luca had rolled the same ankle that he had the injury with uh, earlier this season. And so uh, it was kind of a, a tough game right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, <clears throat> I thought that we still had a chance um, to win the game. Um, even before we, before we even tipped off, I thought that, you know, even though Luca is out, we have seen our team. We've seen the Mavs play well without Luca. Um, we, like I said, we've won against the Bucks, um, and the game that he went out against the Heat, we went to overtime um, against a really, really good Heat team. Uh, we beat the Sixers without him, so we have shown flashes of playing well without Luca. And we didn't play terrible in that game. I mean, there were some things that that could have been fixed, but. Overall, um, you know, a seven-point loss to the Rockets without our best player isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, so, I mean, I can be optimistic on that. But at the same time, um, the Rockets didn't play anybody. I think was it over six that over six foot six inches in that entire game. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think why didn't we just start Porzingis, Willie Cauley-Stein, and Boban in the, <laughs> have them in the starting lineup? <laughs> Right, that would have been that would have been a storyline for sure. Um, uh, Porzingis feasted. That was, I think, his a win against the Rockets with Porzingis being that featured would have been a signature win, undoubtedly. Um, that was he seemed to really be aggressive from the get go. Um, I liked his shot selection, and I thought he was just engaged overall from from start to finish. Uh, and it was just kind of too much James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And, uh, and that's nothing to get overly upset about. Cause those, as we'll talk about later, uh, those guys are all stars. Um, but, uh, I liked over the, those two particular games, the Suns and the Rockets. I liked the amount of minutes that JJ Barreo was getting. Um, I really, I'm obviously super uh, partial to him, but he played over 20 minutes both games, and whenever he gets those minutes, he's he's doing something with them. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely provides a spark. Um, before the season started, I was skeptical on keeping Berea around. I didn't know when. So here's the thing: whenever you you're you know in your mid 30s, coming off a, a, a ruptured Achilles, and you're already not known for for being very athletic uh, that to me, that's three signs of man. I, I of skepticism. Um, I don't know that at the time it was the best move, but he has definitely came out and provided a spark enough to get us back into games or to win us games. I mean, we would have probably lost in, to double digits um, to Orlando or, earlier this year. Had we not had that spark by Berea mm-hmm. um, off the bench. So I don't know if you remember that, but, uh, yeah, he came in and provided a huge lift off the bench, and he's done it in other games as well. So I'm absolutely glad he's being able to see some minutes in Luca's absence. Yeah, definitely. I love it. I love how he runs the pick and roll, and I think he's at least good for one drawn offensive charge and just getting into another player's skin. And that that's still one of the highlights of any Mavericks game. It could be JJ drawing an offensive foul and just seeing the look on this other guy's face who 
probably is as old as J.J. Barea has been in the NBA. It's And they're just in complete <laughs> yeah. and utter disbelief that this guy is even walking on the same court with him. And here he is holding his own. I love it. I love it every chance I get to see it. Um, and so then finally, uh, they were able to salvage the four games this week with a win against the Hawks. And I know you had a unique, pers- you do have a unique perspective because you were right for off the glass basketball, um, and get to watch every Hawks game and then somehow try to sprinkle in Mavericks games too. Um, what did, did it go as you expected? Were you worried when the Mavericks went down big to start? Uh, to start the game, how cold they started. Um, what was your overall take from from the Hawks uh, Mavericks game last night? Well, um, I think we talked earlier in the week, and I told you. Um, and I'm trying to be diplomatic here, but it, it, it is hard to watch Hawks games sometimes, um, and I mean that with all due respect. But it it is very very difficult to watch these games sometimes, just because sometimes it feels like Trey Young is the only person on the court that knows what he knows how to play basketball. Um, and that being said, I expected the Mavs to win even, even without, you know, the services of Luca. Um, you know, I don't know. I knew it was probably, I, I knew, I thought it would be a closer game for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I have to try to be diplomatic here when I'm talking about the Hawks. But uh, I think, like I said, I told you that they're they're abysmal. Um, and I knew that if the Mavericks took care of business, that we should be able to win. I mean, it really comes down to that. Yeah, I was super impressed with uh, Kevin Herter, right? That yes. man, that man is, I, is, he's a walking three-pointer. And I think uh, he's going to be... A sleeper pick for uh they're gonna want to hold on to him for sure um but it was cool to see vince carter dirk was able to attend that was definitely uh flashbacks to to vince's time in dallas was awesome and uh it seemed like one other thing uh just for the hawks it seemed like cam reddish got clocked pretty good in the face that was that was hard to watch i had to look away for that yeah um but so for the Mavericks, what do you think was who were you more impressed with uh, or most impressed with um, with the crew that got to kind of pick up the the 40 points a game that were left on the bench with Luca and Porzingis out? So I was most impressed with Brunson, um, but Dorian Finney-Smith was a close second. Uh, he had a couple of buckets that he that he scored in the game that I that I I wasn't. I was never sure he was capable of scoring in that manner. I don't know. There was like a Euro step that he had um, that I had never seen him do. Uh, I don't know if you remember that that specific yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> score. Um, and then he had like almost like a, like a step back three. He looked like he, he kind of looked like Luca, um, other than, you know, obviously he liked the playmaking. But as far as the scoring went, Dorian Finney Smith really stepped up. Man, Brunson looked. I mean, he looked like a quality starting point guard last night. And I know it was against the Hawks. Um, I don't, don't want to kind of contradict myself because, you know, the Hawks are not a good team right now. They're just not. Um, and, of course, Trey Young is not a good defender. So Brunson kind of had his way. Um, you know, I think he scored 27 and had eight assists. And he looked like a quality 
point guard. I mean, I was I was extremely impressed. I mean, he had a move late in uh, late in the game in the fourth quarter where he drove in the paint. And, you know, uh, had like a euro step and then and then uh, like a spin move and scored. I think it was an and one man. And I was just like, he he continues to impress. And there are times, you know, he's. He's a second-year player, so there are times this year he's made mistakes in late in games. Um, sometimes, you know, he, there was a game this year earlier where he picked up his dribble in crunch time, and it kind of cost us a good look at a, at a game-winning shot. Uh, so he's made mistakes, but he's also came in and, and really done much better than we could have hoped for for, for a second-round pick, you know, for especially in his second year. I mean, I he he continues to impress me every game, and it gets inc- he gets increasingly better. I feel like. Yeah, I like how he can stop on a dime and hit a mid-range jump shot. And every single time I see one of his jump shots go in, they seem like they're going to be six inches short, clang off the front of the rim, and be a long rebound for the other team going the other way. But he really does seem to be able to hit those pretty consistently. And then he has some JJ Barea-esque moves towards once he gets into the paint. Um, can put some guys in the spin cycle with his pivots. And um, I think I I was losing some uh, some of my, my fire with Jalen Brunson just with the lack of basketball that I was able to see him play. But this definitely, um, I'd say, I hope he earned some more minutes coming up this, this upcoming week. Uh, I got really excited when I saw Maxie and uh, Willie defending the rim like I think that even though John Collins put up his numbers John Collins is still an absolute beast um but I think that Maxi was able to show that with those types of players where he they're not with the John Collins type of type of body going up against him I think that Maxi can totally hold his own and I think that these guys think that they're able to kind of just put one right over the top of Maxi after getting an offensive rebound but this man can get up and he can get up very quickly so I was I was super pumped for every single block uh, between the two of them they combined for six blocks and 16 rebounds um, I was super impressed with uh, Willie Colley Stein just seems to have a motor that I that at least right now I I welcome him to to continue with that same kind of motor just grabbing the just really focusing on his particular role um I was super impressed with how he played last night so are you impressed with Willie Collie Stein overall since he's yes. been with Dallas I think his overall first week uh has been a win he's had limited practice time and uh he didn't play the first game that he was after the trade uh and I think I think he can be a staple in the rotation for sure. Um, I'd like to see him continue to get some starts. That was kind of his role in Sacramento and uh, even in Golden State as well. So I think I think he and Jalen Brunson have deserved some extra run with the starting five uh, for this upcoming week. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, he's kind of a guy that, you know, he's not going to score a lot of points, uh, I think he had I think he had seven last night, but he is extremely active on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he rotates well. Now he he's not going to be somebody who's going to score twenty points a game. Um, and I wish it seems like sometimes he gets kind of lost in pick and roll situations. Um, I know last night there were times when he would set a pick for Brunson, and it almost seemed like he would just kind of stop in the middle and, and be lost. I don't know what that was about. 
But hopefully when he gets some more practice and runs the offense a little bit more, he'll he'll get more comfortable. And um, I think he's going to play – I don't know. It's hard to compare him to Dwight Powell because they're two different players. And pe- I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I don't want to talk about bad about Dwight Powell. I mean, he's you know trying to deal with his injury, and I hope he gets well. But I think Willie Cauley-Stein in the long run, it, it might be an upgrade from Dwight Powell. And I don't know. That's, that, is that crazy to say? No, I don't think it was super popular to say, but I'd say I'm right there with you. I think he plays within his game a little bit better than Dwight Powell might. So I think that uh, I think in the long run he will cause he might not put up those those particular games because there's been some games where Dwight Powell was the leading scorer of the Mavericks. I have one in mind where he shot the lights out, had a lot of easy dunks. Willie Cauley-Stein will probably never do that, but also with Willie Cauley-Stein, we probably won't have a a three-pointer thrown up in a critical situation of the game or something like that. So I think that in the long run, I I like the fit. I like the fit a lot. Yeah, absolutely. (sighs) All right, so that was the week... Uh, the week in review. So now taking a look at what they have upcoming, uh, it's already February. We're a week away from the All-Star break. So, um, and the Mavericks are doing pretty well. I mean, who would have thought that they'd be or 30 and 19? Uh, I'm pretty impressed with it. I'm happy. I think they've left some wins on the board, but I think that it's, I think they're doing a, they're doing themselves exceeding a, a lot of expectations and i think that um the it's a kind of a good thing that we are upset about some of these losses that they're leaving on the board because we know that they're capable of much more um sure. but t- taking a look at this upcoming week on monday they have the pacers uh, in indianapolis then they travel back home to face the memphis grizzlies then two away games uh at the wizards and at the hornets so Let's go ahead and try to predict what this upcoming uh, four-game trip uh, might be like. I think we can already we already know that there'll be no Luka Doncic for the upcoming games, but uh, in this particular set of four, there will only be one uh, one back-to-back with the Wizards on Friday and the Hornets on Saturday. So, what are your thoughts on that four-game stretch? Um, the they're all going to be tough uh, without Luca. I mean, we've seen this play the Hornets already. We beat the Wizards first. Uh, I think it was the first home game of the year. Was it the first game or first home game? It was the, the first home game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we beat the Wizards already, um, and it was a, wasn't really that close. Uh, the, the, the team that scares me the most is the Pacers. Um, that's going to be a tough game to win, especially – um, in Indiana, uh, Grizzlies is going to be tough as well. It's a home game, and they're playing really well right now. Um, the Grizzlies kind of scare me. They're they're a young team. They're extremely athletic. Um, they play really well together. They they play hard. That's a team. You know they're they're going to be on a playoff fringe team surprisingly. Um, so they're going to be playing harder, you know, with something to prove, and hopefully we can beat them as well. I, if I had to guess, um, I think we're we're probably looking at three and one over this four game stretch. Now, I don't know if that's going to be a loss to the Pacers or the Grizzlies, um, but if I had to guess, it would be the Pacers. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty nervous about the Pacers game because I think that they are in a very similar spot as the Mavericks. They are kind of they're in the playoff picture, have a lot of good players, but seem to um need to take that extra step to beat some of those good teams to be able to be com- to compete and to be thought of as a com- as a legitimate competitor in the east they have a very similar record and uh Victor Oladipo is back i think he, he even uh Victor Oladipo that's maybe not in game shape or maybe still has some lingering issues with his injury i still think a Victor Oladipo at 80 or 90% is a very scary sight for the Mavericks to see um and so I think that, that that one might be a chance that for the Mavericks to slip up. I hope that the Mavericks can take a day off and prepare for the Grizzlies. John Morant is they've they're no team to to scoff at. They're in the playoffs right now. If I'm if yeah, they are in the eighth spot. So if the Mavericks need to to take care of business because otherwise if the Grizzlies keep on winning and the Mavericks keep going 500 with Luka out, um, I'd hate to see, see the, uh, the Mavericks lead uh, in front of the Grizzlies start to dwindle. Um, I think the Mavericks should beat the Wizards. They're kind of the team. They're the team that I'm, uh, I'm in their market. So I get to take a look at some of the Wizards games and the last time we played them, there was no Thomas Bryant. Obviously, John Wall is out, and I believe the Mavericks. He uh, Bertans wasn't in the lineup, but all those guys are back. They put up a bunch of points. Um, Bradley Beal, I think, is was personally offended by the fact that he was not selected as an All Star reserve. So I think he is uh, another dangerous, another dangerous guy that you don't want to see at this particular point in the year. Um, but maybe he'll, I don't know, maybe he'll just decide to to give the Mavericks a break. I don't know. He's he's definitely a guy that has a fire in his belly that I think is unmatched this since the All-Stars came out. And then the Hornets, we got to beat those guys. We really do. Um, so I think overall, I'll go with you. And I'm going back and forth here. I think that the Mavericks can go... Four no in the upcoming four games this week. Oh wow! Oh. I'm gonna. I think. <laughs> I think. I believe in Jalen Brunson. I believe in in Porzingis's ability to take advantage of some of these smaller guys. I think that they surprise everyone and go have a solid four no week. Okay. Wow. Super yeah, solid. The the Pacers are the, like the one team that's kind of most where they have offense. They can get it from Oladipo, from Brogdon. Uh, um, even TJ Warren, Sabonis is a is a very very good passing big man. I know you're really really high on Sabonis actually, so mm-hmm. and that's going to be that 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 game scares me a lot because they have a lot of firepower, especially with the Oladipo back. Did you see him against the Bulls? Did you see that shot he made against the Bulls to force overtime? Yeah, like that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, he was like, but the, what was great? I think at that point he was like 0 for six or 0 for five from three. And he launched that like thirty footer, um, nothing but that, and forced overtime. <laughs> yeah, that's just the kind of guy he is. Um, so I, I'm excited to because you like your like you said, I am super into Devontis Sabonis so much so that I want Sabonis to do well so that Miles Turner can become expendable and somehow the Mavericks sweep in and grab him. But that seems to be a pipe dream. Uh, but I think 
I want to see how Maxi and Willie are able to to um, match up against Sabonis because I think it's it's the right uh, it's the right matchup for I think it is kind of like that John Collins thing where Maxi can uh, succeed against him and I think that Maxi holds him to below his season averages so we shall see um, but we can probably transition to some uh, talk about the All Star. Uh, reserve selections but before we do that I wanted to know uh, or speak out to the Dallas Fort Worth area Uh, did you know Dallas Fort Worth that uh, nine out of tens Mavs fans suffer from something called low T okay so that's a little bit different than what you might thinking but that's T E E and this not only just or this is not something that just only affects men and ladies uh, or ladies, this affects you too. So, what can you do about it? I want you to go to redpegtees.com, where they have the coolest Luca, Dirk, and other Mavs tees to cure this devastating illness that is low T. Uh, so remember, that's redpegtees.com. Uh, low T doesn't have to ruin your life anymore, Mavs fans. There's a cure, and it's Red Peg Tees. And I really want to stress that they have some really cool Mavericks merchandise. I took a look at it and I'm just trying to decide which one I want to be able to rock at my next Mavericks viewing party that I hold in my apartment. I think they've got some awesome uh, material. They've got some awesome stuff out there. So I encourage everyone to go check that out. Um, but we'll go ahead, moving on. We are going to talk about um, the Ma- or the All-Star voting that occurred so since last week the uh, reserves have come out and this is the chance for every Mavericks or every NBA fan to kind of gripe whether it's someone that they believe should be in it or someone that shouldn't deserve to be in it and then they can really get upset when a person from their particular team didn't make the squad either so what were your initial thoughts on the reserves that were announced early this week um I agree with it for the most part. I do think the biggest snub was Devin Booker. Um, and I know I know people... So here, here I'm just going to lay this all out here. I know that the reason that Devin Booker wasn't chosen is because he's not on a winning basketball team. I mean, the Suns are not in the playoffs, playoffs as of now. Um, and that's fine. Like, if that's your way of thinking, that's great. But it has to be consistent. You can't have Trey Young being an all-star starter um, and be on the one of the worst teams in the league, um, and then and then turn around and say Devin Booker doesn't deserve a spot because, you know, I guess maybe Russell Westbrook got the spot over him because he's on a winning team. But I mean, right now, who would you rather have on your team? Would you rather have Devin Booker or would you rather have Russell Westbrook? I think, I don't know. I guess there are a lot of Westbrook stands out there, and people will call me crazy, but I'd rather have Devin Booker. Um, I think he's the better scorer. Um, Russell Westbrook is a little bit, is not a little bit, he's a lot more athletic. Um, but Devin Booker is an underrated distributor. He's an underrated playmaker. Um, he's an efficient scorer. I mean, he's just a walking bucket. And he's not a terrible defender either. I mean, he's not great. Um, but I just, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like he's been snubbed a couple of times in his career. And then we're going to look back, you know, we're going to look back in 10 years and see that, you know, Devin Booker, might be the best player to never make an all-star if if that if that happens and that's just man it, he's been he's been snubbed a couple of years now and i like i said you, you got to be consistent you can't say trey young's a starter 
And I know that's a different parameters as far as voting goes, but I don't, man, I just, I just don't agree with it. Uh, and I also think, you know, Bradley Bill may have been snubbed as well, but I also wonder who do you take out? Uh, I guess I would take out Kyle Lowry personally. Um, and, and, and I'd have Bradley Bill as a all-star reserve. But I don't, I don't 100% disagree with it like I do the Devin Booker scenario. But I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you on the, on the Devin Booker uh, snub. I think that there is a double standard for some odd reason where he doesn't get the same kind of, uh, same kind of look as Trey Young because they're, they're both on teams that are uh, not doing so well in the standings. But even just watching Devin Booker, early this week against the Mavs like there's just there's no way that I thought that he deserved to be uh snubbed on the all-star team I think that it's it is an atrocity and I think it was also a huge issue um for him because I think it was it was so close for him because this is the year where there's no Clay Thompson there's no Steph Curry like if there was a year where the West guards were a little bit more up for grabs and room for Devin Booker on the Phoenix Suns to make it, it was this year. So I think he has a legitimate gripe because um, he's he's a walking bucket. He has he is up there in like the limitless range category, kind of like Damian Lillard. Like this guy, the minute he crosses half court, he he could just go ahead and pull up and be a dead eye shooter. So I think that that. Uh, I would like to see him over Russell Westbrook um, as well. Then I think I would say, I think that the, I got to give Kyle Lowry some credit because he has, he and Siakam, Siakam was even out for quite a bit of time earlier this year, has the Toronto Raptors in second place in the East and 35 and 14. Um, So if I was going to take somebody off in, because I also think Bradley Beal deserves it. He's averaging over 28 points a game. And once again, it seems like Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are being, it's being held against them that their teams aren't doing so well. So I think that Bradley Beal, I would take... I don't know. I just look at the roster, and I Chris Middleton doesn't excite me. I'm also kind of taking this from the perspective of I want to be excited on uh, All-Star Weekend, and Chris Middleton is a part of the best team in the, in the NBA right now and has a huge role in that, but I just would enjoy seeing Bradley Beal a little bit more than Chris Middleton because um, I think he adds a little bit more extra flair to the game. So that's kind of more of a personal reason. Nothing really backs that up besides uh, besides anecdotes and just kind of personal preference. Well, here's the thing, too. I think that the All-Star selection should be 100% um, per, uh, an, 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 excuse me, an individual award. Um if you reverse, if you take Chris Middleton and put him on the Wizards, and I know this is completely hypothetical, but you take Middleton and put him on the Wizards and take Bill and put him on the Bucks, um, and you put Middleton in the All-Star game over Bill, like that, that would be an absolute outrage across the entire NBA. I mean, that, uh, that do you, it, people would, I mean, there's no way that would happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the fact that you can put, like, I just, I don't know. The fact that you can have Trey Young, you're gonna, like I said, we're gonna look back in, in ten years and say, okay, well, why was it, why was it Bradley Bill an All Star this year, um, and and why Trey Young was like, it, it, it does, there's no type of 
pattern or consistency there. Um, it, you either, and I have no problem. If you want to make it a team award, if you want to say, well, you have to be a playoff um, fringe team to make all-star or have to have this X amount of wins by the time voting is over, then that, that's great. But you can't have, I mean, you can't contradict um, what the parameters are to make it in based on what, who the player is. Uh, right. Like I said, Devin Booker, I mean, like you said, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are going to be back next year. Um, you know, you're going to have D'Angelo Russell is probably going to be on a team next year contributing as well. Um, I mean, there's just going to be, there's going to be a, you're going to, you're going to have, uh, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, he's going to be somebody who's going to be up and coming. There's going to be a whole bunch of guards. Um, and it's going to be even harder for Booker to, to make a all-star team. And I'm not a, I'm not a Suns fan by any means. So I can only imagine how Suns fans feel about the whole situation. Yeah, Phoenix needs to be represented. They they need some love. Um, so, taking a look, that's some of the snubs from the All Star rosters. Who do you think is going to win between Team USA and Team World in the Rising Stars Challenge? I don't know. Um, the the so I feel like the the international play is is getting a lot better. Um, as we progress through the years. So it's hard to say. Um, I don't know, man. Um, probably, I, I would I would say probably the, the U.S. team, but, you know, with all the guys that are, I don't know, maybe this is very unpatriotic of me to say, but I kind of want the, the world team to win just because okay. the players on that the team are players, <laughs> the players that I, I like um, to watch are on the world world team and not the u.s team and that there's, there's no bash against the the u.s team but that's just the players i like are on the world team so i'm probably going to find myself cheering for them yeah i'm with you there too i like i like the world uh roster a lot i think brandon clark is doing well in memphis we saw what Aiton was able to do the mavericks earlier this week i think josh kogi is someone that i heard about a lot about last year seems to kind of fallen under the radar a little bit i think it'll all kind of depend if we can expect luca to play or not i hope he does um but then the usa team has some has a lot of good talent so i think it'll be honestly i think it can be uh Normally, it was kind of uh, like a second-rate event at the All-Star Weekend, but I think with the way that um, the world is coming up and how many good young players there are in the league, that it is, uh, it'll only be second to... I, I'm expecting to enjoy it more than the All-Star Saturday night because um, I think that at a certain point, there's only so many dunks we can see. And But I think this Team USA versus Team World matchup is going to be something that everyone's going to want to tune in for but I also think I'll be rooting for um, for Team World as well. Um, so we've got uh, four games coming up this week. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we signed off um, and come back again next Sunday? Uh, no, I think that covers everything. Yeah, I think that uh, I still believe that the Mavericks can go four zero. So uh, I hope <laughs> I think I think they can pull them out. There'll be some close games, but I think that they'll uh, show some grit and determination and show show the world that they're not just Luka Doncic uh, run. I think that they'll 
they'll get some love in the national media, hopefully, and Luke will come back, and then they'll be even better and uh, see where they can go, try to grab some playoff spots from these top teams in the West. Ryan, if the Mavs go 4-0 over this stretch, I'll buy you a Willie Colley-Stein jersey. You know what? I... If that's all, uh, if that's all it takes, if my optimism is going to get me different Mavericks players' jerseys from you, then maybe every single week I'll just go ahead and hope that they go four and zero. But hey, that's a deal, though. I think that would be one of those. <laughs> that would be one of those jerseys that that's a find. That that would be something that I would cherish forever because he's slowly becoming one of my new favorite Mavericks for sure. <laughs> well, Perfect. with Luke out, I got to find somebody else to to show my love to. So, um, all right, Josh. Well, I think we did well today. We'll come back here next week and give it a shot again. Okay. Sounds good. Can't wait.